making and keeping New Year's resolutions that will improve your health. Hi, and welcome to Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we'll be talking about ways you can keep yourself healthy in the new year. And we'd also like to acknowledge those companies that help support our program, Dr. Forrest. Thanks to Marley Drug in Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping at costs that are much lower often than even the big box pharmacies. Check them out at MarleyDrug.com. Dr. Forrest, if people want to get more information about the show or want to find out information about your practice in Apex, where can they go to find that? Well, if listeners want to send general, non-emergent questions and possibly have their question answered on the show, uh, they can go to our website at accesshealthradio.com. They can also like our page on Facebook at Access Health, or they can send email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com with their contact information. If they would like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com, or they can can call 919-363-0190. Again, the Apex office is 919-363-0190. And after the show, uh, listeners can always uh, go for an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com, and we will provide links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. Well, first of all, Dr. Forrest, Happy New Year to you. It's that time of year when lots of people very well-intentioned, and we make some New Year's resolutions. And I understand that today you're going to tell us about some ways to get the New Year off to a good start and ways that people can make New Year's resolutions that might actually help their health. Well, people make New Year's resolutions for lots of different things, but one of the most common themes is that people like to make New Year's resolutions about something that can actually improve their health or that can make them healthier, you know, in the next year. And as a physician, I am totally in support of that. The truth is, though, that most people have difficulty following through, and once they feel like they've messed up once on that New Year's resolution, a lot of times they'll just sort of put, put it on hold again until the next January. So what I want to do today is give people some practical tips for turning bad habits into good habits and also some changes that are going to have the biggest impact and make the biggest difference in their health for the new year. All right. Sounds like a good way to go to me. So what are some resolutions that'll actually give the biggest bang for the buck for listeners in terms of New Year's resolutions? Well, there are basically five key areas that would cover all of the resolutions that are actually going to have a significant impact on health. So first, and this is a common one, I think a lot of our listeners, this is probably, you know, 50, 60% of folks have this on their agenda uh, for the new year is weight loss. And weight loss, we're gonna, not going to talk about a certain number of pounds because I think sometimes that's counterproductive. Weight charts and BMIs really do a bad job of telling us if our weight is affecting our health. However, if we base it on waist size, we can get a much better idea. So the way we would measure waist size for this is essentially at the belly button with sort of a measuring tape that's not pulled tight. And you want it to be half of your height in inches or less. So for example, if you're six feet tall, that's 72 inches. So you want to be in a size 36 pants. You want your waist size to be a 36 or smaller. 
Uh, and it's real important not to set unrealistic pounds goals, you know, to say I want to lose 30 pounds in a week or something like that. But it's very realistic to set inch goals. And what you can do is you can say, you know, hey, I'd like to take off one inch every eight weeks. You could also say I want to, you know, reduce my waist size by a half an inch per month. And that's very reasonable for most people to be able to accomplish, plus maintain their weight at the same time. The second thing is smoking. Uh, we have years of evidence now that smoking not only causes certain medical conditions like cancer and emphysema, but it actually makes almost all of the other medical conditions worse. Uh, you may not know this, but smoking can actually cause herniated disc and back pain. And it's hard to quit when you've got, uh, you know, and we're, we're going to have a whole show on that next year just talking about some methodology to do that. But it's a very important one. One key tip is setting a quit date that's not on a special occasion. Telling friends and family about it has been shown to be one effective method. There's also a quit line that we have that we'll link to on the website. Third, I think the third biggest area is exercise. Uh, there are plenty of studies now that show that moving more is one of the best things you can do to live longer and be more functional even in the later years. You don't want to set out to be an Ironman. You don't need to say, hey, the first year, you know, I want to run the Boston Marathon. You really want realistic goals. And, and we know that as little as 150 minutes a week uh, total can pay huge dividends. And I want you to think about that for a second. 150 minutes is a very small proportion of our week. It's a very small percentage. So I think most of us can do that. The fourth goal that I think is reasonable for a healthy resolution is improving your diet regardless of the weight loss part. So eating less saturated fat, um, eating more fiber and fruits and vegetables can improve cholesterol, bowel problems, and even some skin issues. So, but make it easy on yourself. You know, find vegetables you actually like and that you can prepare quickly. So if you hate Brussels sprouts, don't plan to eat Brussels sprouts. You know, you ought to be able to find a vegetable that you actually like. A good rule is to eat a vegetable that grows above the ground. The ones that grow below the ground are very starchy and tend to be high in carbs. Uh, so you want to try to eat vegetables that grow above the ground because that's typically going to be the leafy part of the vegetable. Also, nuts, whole berries, and fruits that are not super sweet is another great way you can improve your diet. And then lastly is modifying alcohol consumption. So we know that alcohol in excess of one drink per day for women or two drinks per day for men has been shown to be harmful to your health. And less than that has not been shown to be a problem in people that did not become dependent. You also never want to cut down too quickly with alcohol. So you don't want to go from a 12-pack per day to nothing. Uh, that can have severe consequences like seizures and spikes in blood pressure. So if you are going to cut down alcohol in the new year, you know, don't go from New Year's Eve to really you know, drinking a lot and then January 1st completely stop your alcohol consumption because withdrawal can really be a problem with that. And now it's time for the Access Health Tip of the Week. Well, the hardest thing is the phase that happens right after your super willpower wears off. So once you're past the first few days of that rock-solid commitment, uh, you will be faced with that first bowl of ice cream, that first temptation. 
And what you've got to do, this is the key time. And it's not, again, it's not the first day or even the first week. It might be a week or two in. But when you reach that first time where you really are tempted to, to sort of give in to the old habits, you need to push through that. And what we found is if you continue to push through and use that willpower for at least you know a few weeks, what happens is the old habits become new habits, and the good habits that you've established actually become easy to maintain. Uh, so just remember, once you get past that first few days of super willpower, just push through, uh, and you should be able to sustain that. All right, it sounds like some good advice from Dr. Brian Forrest. Straight ahead, Dr. Forrest covers more specifics on ways to be successful with those New Year's resolutions for health. This is Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. And today we're talking about New Year's resolutions for your health. So, Dr. Forrest, what are the keys to success? Are there ways to make these resolutions stick at least until the spring? <laughs> well, well, I think most importantly, and I can't say this enough, is don't set unrealistic goals. I mean, I think people, you know, we know ourselves better than we think we do. And if, uh, you know, if you've been somebody that enjoys like a bowl of cereal at night after dinner, or, you know, you typically sit down and have some ice cream or some bag of salty snacks every night, and you set a goal that you're not going to do that ever again, it's just not realistic. So the biggest mistake many people make is that they go too extreme. Uh, for example, somebody that eats fast food five days per week might say, okay, no more fast food ever. Well, the chances of success with that are very low. And often when people fail, that actually discourages them so much that they just give up completely. So here's a newsflash. All of us will fail. It is a certainty. The key is that when we do, we forgive ourselves and get back on that wagon. So if six days out of seven you eat a great diet and the seventh day you mess up, you know you're doing a really good job. You shouldn't beat yourself up over that. And six days out of seven, eating a healthy diet can have huge health benefits. So many times a lot of us think it's, you know, it's all or nothing. I'm either eating healthy all the time or I'm never eating healthy. And what we want to do is, you know, try to make it that six out of seven days where we're really trying to do it as much as possible. And then we can always strive just to make the, the time that we do the habits we're supposed to more often. Second of all, I think, is to have many goals. I think, you know, for example, if you say to yourself, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in two months, that's unreasonable, not to mention unhealthy. However, if you were to, for your New Year's resolution, set a goal for January 15th, then you were to set another one for February 1st, and so on, that's fine. And if you do get to one of those dates and you've missed the deadline, maybe you haven't lost the number of pounds or inches you wanted to by a certain date, well, just reset the goal for the next shorter time period. Everything doesn't have to be done you know, immediately, like in the first month of your year. So set those mini goals along the way. And then lastly, you cannot focus on more than one thing at a time. You know, I, I tell patients all the time that I could probably give them a list of 100 things they should do to be healthy at each visit. But instead, I just give them one or two at most. And most people are going to be much more successful with that strategy. You know, if you tell somebody to cut carbs, cut sodium, cut their calories, cut their saturated fat, cut fast food, et cetera, all at once, there's just no way to practically do that. So, you know, it's easier for us to be able to focus on one or two things, but really that's the limit of what we can sort of devote our attention to in those lifestyle changes at a time. 
You're listening to Access Health Radio with board-certified physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. So, Doc, what are some ways for people to be accountable for their New Year's health goals? Well, accountability is really important. It's been shown that people that have an exercise buddy that they work out with are much more likely not to skip a day. Or they're less likely to procrastinate a workout. Well, you know, I'll I'll do that run next week, or I'll you know I'll go lift weights uh, Saturday. You know, um, they're less likely to do that procrastination um, if they've got somebody to be accountable to. So, for example, if you have a neighbor that's going to knock on your door at six a.m. expecting you to walk with them. You're not going to want to answer the door in your bathrobe and tell them you just can't make it today. And this is one reason that group programs like Weight Watchers are successful. That positive peer pressure of people having the same temptations and troubles as you do can be very encouraging. A second thing you can do for accountability is to tell people what your goal is so that you will feel a little bit self-conscious about your behavior. You know, having friends and family you trust say, hey, what happened to you trying to quit smoking? That can really help some people. Now, having said that, uh, there are people that retain their pride and their control of their own habits, and this might backfire in those people. So, for example, there are people that when confronted by friends or family about failure with their goals, they actually might respond by making their habits worse. So this is something where people have to really know themselves uh, and know if that kind of peer pressure and feedback from family and friends is going to be useful for them or not. But in general, people who set goals that they keep to themselves are less successful than those that share what they're trying to accomplish uh, with their friends and family. And by the same token, household contacts that have similar bad habits make it incredibly difficult for people to succeed with changing their own habits. So for example, if one spouse really wants to quit smoking and the other does not, it's been shown to be much less likely that either will be able to quit. So setting goals as a family can also be very helpful for accountability and also for being successful in your New Year's resolutions. Well, that's good advice, Doc. Thank you very much. All right, so let's get down to brass tacks here, Dr. Forrest. Could you give us some specific goals that are good for health? Well, some of these we mentioned already, but specifically getting waist size down to under half of your height in inches at a rate of about half an inch per month will pay dividends for blood pressure, blood sugar, arthritis, and your risk of cancer. The second thing that I think would be a great goal is if you're a smoker, stopping smoking has to be your top priority, even more important than weight in those people. Um, next, cutting alcohol to less than two drinks per day for men and less than one drink per day for women can be beneficial from a health standpoint as well as also healing strained relationships in some cases where alcohol may have caused problems. Um, and then lastly, uh, there are a few things that dietary-wise, you know, if you're label reading and you really want to take some things out of your diet, and again, I encourage people to pick one of these. Don't try to accomplish them all, but some worthwhile goals would be, for example, less than 100 grams of carbs in your diet per day or less than 10 grams of saturated fat and also at least three servings of cruciferous vegetables and low-sugar fruits are a great dietary goals. And you can use apps and the internet these days to find the content for calories, carbs, saturated fat in almost every food that exists. What are your thoughts about setting specific dates for goals? Well, so we are talking about New Year's resolutions. And, and so we are talking about, you know, a time of year when people like to sort of refresh things and set a date and have it be January 1st. 
On the other hand, my general advice most of the year is for people not to pick uh, dates that have much significance to start their program. Um, because a few reasons. Number one, that encourages people to procrastinate uh, and they'll put it off till the next special date or something will come up and they'll, they'll put it off again. The other thing is sometimes special dates like anniversaries and holidays may bring extra stress or more emotional reaction. You know, you may be really sort of busy and stressed uh, in the holidays or Christmas or things like that. And it may not be the best time for you to start a resolution. On the other hand, if you pick a day where you, you, you think, hey, this is going to be a typical day of the week. Nothing special is going on. This is the date I want to start with this new resolution. Typically, people are more successful than that. And when we're trying to get people to quit smoking, typically we'll talk about setting a quit date that, you know, it's neither a birthday, a holiday, a special occasion, but it's just easy to remember. Like maybe it's the third Saturday in the month or something like that. And then they know what the first date was and they've set an actual date to commit to. Next, key points about New Year's resolutions with Dr. Brian Forrest on Access Health Radio. Welcome back to Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. We're talking New Year's resolutions. So, Dr. Forrest, how about you? Well, I certainly have some plans for myself this year. I'm, I'm definitely going to go with the one we talked about with the, uh, the waist size and inches. We're going to try to accomplish that. I'm definitely going to be uh, trying to eat healthier and get more vegetables and those cruciferous uh, vegetables in my diet this year. So I'll be right there along with everybody else uh, trying to make it as far into 2018 as I can with those. Well, okay. You and me both. We'll both do that. Hey, it's time for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. So what percent of people actually keep New Year's resolutions and for how long? Studies done by the University of Pennsylvania found that by January 8th, just 77% of resolution makers are still on track. And after six months, only about 40% will have kept it up. Remember, there are no perfect human beings, so falling off the wagon will happen, but jumping right back on is what can make you successful. Good advice. All right, Dr. Forrest. So as we look ahead into the rest of 2018, what can people look forward to to hearing on Access Health Radio? Well, I think we've got an exciting slate of topics for 2018. We're going to cover some things like uh, counterfeit drugs. Even doctors can't tell the difference. Uh, we're going to talk about the importance of staying hydrated. This is something I'm on my patients uh, about all the time. Uh, we're going to talk about, as we get into summer, sort of summer dangers and how to avoid those. We're going to have a back-to-school show talking about how to keep your kids healthy as they start the school year. We're also probably going to have some uh, cardiovascular disease specialists come in and talk to folks about some of the advanced ways you can uh, keep track of how your heart health is doing and things you can do about that. All right, Dr. Forrest, thank you very much. Well, that's it for this week. Well, I'd like to wish everyone a healthy and blessed new year. And our verse of the week is from Scripture is Corinthians 517 from the New International Version. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Thanks for listening to Access Health Radio Show. And we look forward to you joining us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, happy new year and may God bless your health. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Remember, accesshealthradio.com is our place on the web. Join us next week as Dr. Forrest discusses ways to get and stay healthy all year long. This is Access Health Radio. Happy New Year. <laughs>